everyone. Welcome to In Your Element from Tetramap, where our focus is on developing people and business the way nature intended. Our guests will be sharing their expertise on what it's like when you're working in your element and working in a great team where people value each other's differences. I'm Louise Duncan, your host, and look forward to sharing this with you in the coming weeks. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of In Your Element podcast. It's Louise here, with, and I'm talking today with Lorenzo Gliomi from the UK. And Lorenzo and I have known each other for quite a few years when we worked together in O2 with Tetramat. And it's a real privilege and a pleasure to have him talking to us today. And one of the reasons I wanted to chat to Lorenzo particularly was he wrote a fantastic blog for us a few years ago, and it was called How Far Does Your, or sorry, How Far Would Your Leadership Shadow Fall? I thought it was such a great question. So we'll be referring to that a little bit. But in the meantime, before we kick off, a huge welcome to you, Lorenzo, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Louise. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for asking me. (laughs) So, um, Lorenzo, just let's kick off with a little bit of an introduction to you and, and let's talk about you when you're in your element. I think that's such a great question that relates to to our guests, and we've had some interesting answers to that. So I wondered if we could start there for just giving a chance for our listeners to get to know you a little more. So me and my elements. So I, um, I've had a really, really interesting journey with Tetramap over the last five and a half years. And my elements, um, my, my preferred elements is earth or earth and, and air. And I have, you know, over the last five years, I've realized that, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm in my, my element, I, I have that sense of comfort around me. I've got that sense where I feel that, you know, I've got control of my environment. But it's also, you know, through Tetramath, it's also made me much more aware of the elements that, that aren't my preferences, you know, the, the water and the fire. And I've had yeah. an interesting journey over the last couple of years trying to you know, delving to my 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 uh, uh, lower elements rather than the stronger <laughs> ones. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, and I think one of the, the one of the amazing accomplishments that you developed in the last few years was, as head of people development at O2, was the new was the campus philosophy that you developed. And I'd really love for the listeners to hear a little bit more about what took you on that journey, and how you how you took your team through developing something quite radical and innovative in such a large organization because we're talking I'm not quite sure how many people in that organization but you'll be able to help me with that. Well O2 is is a, a very well-known mobile phone company in, in in the UK and one of the probably one of the, the best known brands in in the UK so as an organization that we had about seven and a half thousand employees and another seven to eight thousand partners that we worked with but where the the real volume came in was with customers. So O2 mm. uh, currently has about 35 million customers in, wow. in the UK. So um, from, a, from a consumer perspective, a very large, uh, very fast-paced organization. The O2 campus was a concept that I came up with three years ago when I stepped into my role as head of people development. And 
we were a few years ago at the cusp of bringing in a new strategy, uh, bringing a new structure to a business because the mobile market is becoming continually um, more competitive and, and really, really tricky to operate in. So as a business, uh, the organization was going through big changes three years ago. And I realized very quickly that from a learning perspective, mm-hmm. we either had to fundamentally change our game in terms of how we develop O2's greatest asset, which is its people, or we will become irrelevant in the future of a business. So I thought about, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a consumer brand, as a consumer-focused organization, O2 constantly talks about experiences. It talks about consumers and really offering our consumers what they need through innovative propositions. I thought, well, you know what, if we could bring all those words and concepts into a world of learning, what could it look and feel like? So the O2 campus is the umbrella term for the reshaped way in which O2 develops its people. Uh, it's not a platform. Uh, it's not uh, content. It's the whole package of mm-hmm. if you close your eyes and you think, you know, um, what, what, would, what would learning in O2 be like? Well, O2 is all about community. It's all about social uh, so we, we made learning very uh, ubiquitous in, in O2 uh, through the campus. We, we made it very social. You know, we, we described the learning culture in three words, which was connect, learn, and grow. And, and that became our, our principles of connecting people with one another, connecting people with the content, what, whatever connection leads them to learn, which eventually leads them to grow either personally or professionally. So the, the O2 campus really elevated this, this idea that learning is not done to people. It's done in, in partnership with people. Uh, yes. And particularly learning is done um, through communities. I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of social learning. And it, it's a phrase that we often throw about. But in O2, our biggest source of knowledge that we really struggle to tap into were our employees we, we you know in, in the world of learning we would often look at external yeah. suppliers for content <laughs> yeah. but actually we had a lot of knowledge internally yeah that's an interesting comment because I remember when um, I first started learning with Tetramap and Yoshimi who's one of the founders said you know Louise your participants will always teach you more than you'll ever teach them I thought that's totally, totally relevant to what you're saying now, because if you can provide the conditions in which they can feel confident to share their knowledge and share their learning, then you actually uh, have, you can tap into the wisdom of the group, which is exactly what you're talking about. And and I love what you've just said about creating those conditions. Yeah. Because you're absolutely right. You know, we made the conscious decision when we, started with the concept of O2 Campus, not to look at new platforms, new technology, new new content, yeah. but really looking at the culture. You know, what do yeah. we need to have in place that will enable learning yeah. um, from a cultural side, from a structural side? Because technology comes and goes. Yeah. And uh, I started calling it the field of dreams approach, where you know, in the movie Field of Dreams, they say, if you build it, you will come. Yeah. And the fact is, they won't come. Uh, <laughs> if you have a new piece of technology, they're not going to use it unless you have a compelling story of why people should use it. Why is learning important in the first instance? So those were the things that we 
yeah. really try to focus on from learning. And actually, Tetramap played a huge role in our success because oh. when we when we designed campus conceptually, we went through an exercise of looking at how would it reach the different elements. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's interesting, right? So this is one of the things that I always find fascinating about TetraMap is that no matter which organization or facilitator you're working with, once they really get it, they take it and then they make it their own and they apply it in so many contexts. And you've just given me a really great example of another context in which you've, as an organization, used it to make sure it connected with all four elements. I think that's so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that gem to me. I've just learned <laughs> something huge. <laughs> so well done for that. And I, 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 you know, I guess that's been a radical success from what I hear. It, it has been, and I'm very proud of it. I, I was very lucky to have a fantastic team of people around me who all bought into the vision eventually, not, not necessarily in the beginning, mm. but we set out to, you know, we set some large ambitions in the beginning. The reason we said, you know, we were going to create a commercial differentiator, a recognized commercial differentiator for O2 through the way we develop our people. And that became the O2 campus. You know, so we, we set some big ambitions and we did completely reshape the learning culture. And, you know, it really, came to fruition in the middle of March this year when the whole world was facing the COVID-19 pandemic. And we as an organization were going through so many things that other organizations were going through, looking at you know the impact of lockdown and shutting parts of the business down, et cetera, et cetera. And over the last two weeks of, of March in, in this year, the um, engagement with the O2 campus went up 175%. Wow. Wow, And, you know, it's really interesting when we looked at the data and, and people were engaging with campus because it was a place where they could share information. It was a mm-hmm. place where, one, they could gain information, but they could also share mm-hmm. their opinions, mm-hmm. their thoughts, mm-hmm. their learning. You know, and, oh. and I use it as an example, but people started talking in the campus about homeschooling. And, you know, people were creating conversations and groups as parents and homeschooling and single parents and, and homeschooling. So they, they were learning from one another um, under the campus umbrella. And, and I was exceptionally proud of that because for me, yeah. that was the moment when I realized we've done it. Yeah, It's not about the courses. It's about no. having created this community of people who do connect with one another. Now they're learning and they're growing. Mm. And they feel safe to do it. That's the other interesting feel, yeah. thing, isn't it? They feel safe to be able to say, I don't know this, but I'm sure you do, which is another key component of learning anyway. But we could go on about that all day. But I think you've given some brilliant uh, insights there. Thank you, Lorenzo. And and congratulations to you and all of the team. Thank you. You know, two that developed this. I had the pleasure of knowing some some of the people that you work with on a a very small basis. But it sounds like you've done an amazing job, all of you. Thank you. We didn't. That's That's no small shift. So what I'd like to ask you next is really, Lorenzo, a little bit more about leadership because you've had such a significant leadership role. And, you know, the blog that you did for us 
some time ago was talking about how far does the does your could your leadership shadow fall and you were really talking about one's impact and influence as a leader both in a positive and negative way and I wondered if you could illustrate a little bit more on what what your thoughts are around that for others to to others to consider yeah yeah gosh Louisa leadership is something I feel very passionate about and I know lots of people say that, but I, I started my career from the military and, and uh, I was fortunate enough to, to be a military officer and leadership was always ingrained in us. And this concept of, of your shadow of a leader where your, your actions cast a much wider shadow, much larger, a much larger shadow than your words really fascinated me. And, uh, you know, when I stepped into the, the role as head of people development, I had a large team, uh, a, a brilliant team. But I was about to take them on a, on, a, on a journey of change, and I called the strategy Change the Game. And uh, I was very aware that, um, you know, the changes would, would invoke feelings of uncertainty and being uncomfortable. And I had to reflect on my own leadership style because I realized that I had a team of experts who were much more competent in their fields than what I would have ever been. Mm. Um, and you know, my role in the team was not to solve all the problems. Actually, when we created the OG campus, I said to people, I know what the end state is, but I don't know how to get there. You know, so it made me really reflect on my own leadership shadow and my own leadership style where for my role was not to tell people how to do their jobs, but my role was to enable the team to be successful. As I used the, the metaphor, as one of the things I learned from Tetamap, is I, I used the metaphor, metaphor often of climbing Everest yeah. with the team and say, you know, my role is to make sure that we all know as a team, we are climbing Mount Everest, not the mountain to the left, not the mountain to the right. We are climbing Everest. Number two is to make the team understand that Everest is climbed as a team. Very few people climb it as, as individual climbers. There's always a team behind them. Mm. Um, and the third thing was that, you know, there are multiple ways to get to the top. And sometimes you follow one route and it doesn't work, you follow another. But it always comes down to the team. You know, so I reflected on that a lot in, in terms of the shadow of the leader. And, and, yeah, um, yeah. Actions, actions speak, speak louder than words often. Yeah, and interesting the interesting the metaphor which makes things so memorable for people. So you've just yes. described that metaphor of climbing Everest as a team, which actually helps people visualize where we're going with this. Okay. And I think that's a critical factor in helping people buy into the vision. And then, you know, obviously your style of saying, I don't know this, but you probably will, and we're getting to this point together is also key a key thing in this psychological safety factor of people being able to question and challenge everything and I think you've described yourself as being constantly curious so I would imagine you're one of these leaders who constantly asks challenging questions not to provoke fear in others but to develop their curiosity as a a style too. I, I, I do try and do that and you know, I certainly learned from my own mistakes because that's not how my leadership style started years ago. No. And, but as I matured in my thinking, as I learned from people around me, 
I certainly realized that leadership is, is not about having all the answers, but it's about getting getting the best out of your people. You know, when I when I when I stood in front of my my team uh, at O2, I, I made a statement, Louise, and I and I absolutely believe in this. May I say to the team, you know, my success as Lorenzo depends entirely on the team. And they all looked at me and I said, you know, th- th- this is what I believe. And our success as a team depends on me being a team player, just like all of us. You know, so when I said that, I, I could see some people going, oh, you know, so you're saying your success depends on us. And, and it's the truth. It's something I absolutely believe. Mm. Um, because well, it's the is value not, of uh, interdependence, isn't it? It's the interdependence yes, yes. whole thing. You know, my success yeah. is dependent on your success. Is interdependence in action? Going back to your point about action. Absolutely, and and that was a lesson that that I learned in the military, but that was never taught to us in the academies. You know, yeah. in the academies as leaders, we were always taught to lead from the front and and be very visible. It's only when I when I joined the operational units as an officer, a very young officer, where some of the people around me were as old as my parents, and and they they had so much more experience than I did, and it took years of getting it wrong actually, where until you realise as an officer, your role is to make the team work, mm. uh, is to get the best out of these these people, and and that's always been something that I've tried to apply since leaving the military many years ago. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I, I don't know if you know that one of our one of our long-standing clients is the Singapore Armed Forces at Tetramap, yes. and um, they've actually, you know, embedded Tetramap into their young leaders' development programs because they want they want them to understand that whole concept of, you know, as a leader, you need to not just lead from the front, but you also need to be able to facilitate and learn from each other as a team because when you're out in a military exercise your success is dependent on the others in a situation which could become life or death scenario so I think it's a very powerful um, message when I think I agree you you think that they're a very interesting organization and very forward-thinking I think we're very privileged to have them like O2 as one of our clients quite interesting so yeah thank you for bringing that analogy to the fore as well yeah fascinating and I think I think there what's interesting for them is that they in Singapore they still have the um conscription which means Uh that these young leaders may 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 only be the minimum I think is two years and then they may go out into the bigger world and what's nice for them is that they understand these messages of interdependence and learn from one another and work as a team when they go out into you know getting a role in the broader society which is fantastic agreed so what, it what really fascinates, is fascinating to me it, it really is it, it really is and and what what fascinates me still about military leadership is there's a very clear structure of command Mm. Uh, and decisions are not make are not made in democratic ways necessarily. But leadership isn't necessarily about everybody having an input in in the final decision. It's about how the team works towards achieving uh, a shared outcome. And and when you know everybody's got everyone's back, and the element of trust. In, in effective military teams are phenomenal. 
And I remember that's one of the things that we worked on was I, I, I was introduced to a phrase in the militia of you have to earn your leadership. And that was very, very evident in my experience in the military because as an officer, you would walk out of the academy wearing all the badges and people will salute you. Um, but that's all that they would do. You know, for, for the sailors and the, and the soldiers to really have your back, your back when you're not looking, you have to earn your leadership. Mm. And they don't give it easily. Um, and that's the lesson they didn't, they, they didn't teach you. They didn't teach you that in the academies, but you learned that when you went into operational units. And, and um, it's a fascinating world. Well, thanks, Lorenzo. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, something that I think you and I have in common is a love of um, words and yes. uh, things like that. So I wondered if you had chosen perhaps a short book or a, or a quote that you'd like to share on the podcast with others, something that's been meaningful I, for you. I, I did. And if I may, I've got two, actually. Yeah, of course. I'd love to share. The, the one is Maya Angelou. I used that in, in my, my uh, the written work, the article that I wrote a couple of years ago. And that's that quote about, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And I was introduced to that. Uh, to that quote a few years ago in, in, in O2. And it really struck a chord with me, this idea that when you connect with people, your words and actions are often forgotten, but how you made them feel stays with it. And a second quote that I recently saw, and it, again, it struck another chord with me, was a, a quote by Barack Obama, which is which is a world leader I, I admire quite a quite a lot. And, and he said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. Uh, we are the ones we have been waiting for, and we are the change that we seek. And those two quotes are, are something that is very relevant to me right now in my own life, uh, young children. So it's like, this, this concept of how I make them feel as, as young, young people is, is very, very important to me. And particularly the quote from Barack Obama is, is when I reflect on my own life, I, I don't like the idea that I'm an actor in my own life. I want to be a director in my own life. Um, so I don't want to wait for other people to make changes. As, mm -hmm. as, um, I, want to be, I want to lead change um, mm -hmm. and, and be, be involved in what what happens around me and that is my personal life and my professional life so those are two powerful quotes for me they are and are very relevant to not not just leaders but to the way individuals will think about the impact that you've had on them in the future right because if we can yeah. help people understand how they take responsibility and take take to a certain degree charge of their own life and help them live a life that they want to be that's a really great gift to give somebody and then secondly the uh, Maya Angelou quote about you know how you make people feel is something that people will remember and you know often people say yes. tell you about somebody that's really had an impact on your life maybe 20 years down the track or whatever it's often about that emotion about how that person made them feel and I totally agree with you they're really lovely quotes to share thank you Lorenzo perfect um so just to wrap it up then Lorenzo um 
Is there anything else that you'd like to add or perhaps a gift that you'd like to leave with our listeners as a as something from your experience that you could share with somebody who's listening to the podcast? I, I've been thinking about that leading up to the conversation. I think, gosh, leaving people a gift is such a privilege. For me, being a leader is a privilege. And it's... It's something to be enjoyed. And I would just encourage people, anybody who's in a leadership position, the first thing is leadership is not linked to a job title or to where you sit on a hierarchy or a fancy structure diagram on a PowerPoint. Leadership is, is, is about, in my view, it's about your attitude, about that impact that you have on other people, how you make them feel. And that's something to be enjoyed. And, and you know, I, I would just say to people, have fun. Being a leader is also about having fun. We, we can sometimes get too, too serious. And, uh, in, you know, earn your leadership by building trust, by bringing a smile to people's faces. I think, and particularly in the world that we are in today, that's completely turned upside down. Leaders need to help their people and themselves realize that we are going to get through all these things. and you know, the, the sun is going to come up again tomorrow. So I just would say to people, enjoy your leadership. Thank you, Lorenzo. Well, that is a great gift to leave with anybody because I think you're totally right. So easy to get wrapped it up in the day-to-day and forgetting about the big picture of having fun whilst we're at work. And if they can see you're yeah. enjoying yourself, you too can. They too can feel free to have a laugh and relax. And people Absolutely. learn when they're relaxed, totally. They do. I totally believe that. And it's not just about being at work, but also it applies being at home, being in the community, being in the broader spectrum. I think it's a really nice gift, a gem to remind people of. So thank you, Lorenzo, thank once you. again. You're welcome. If people want to get in touch with you, we'll leave um, a connection for you on LinkedIn, perhaps in the podcast um, notes. That would be great. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And thanks once again for a fascinating revealing and inspiring chat today well thank you very much for inviting me again louise it's my absolute pleasure lovely to reconnect thanks thank you, louise. thank you